Hello there. Welcome back to another episode of the Theory Crafting Podcast, your source of random deep thoughts on issues from anything under the sun. My name is Enrico Palma, and today's topic will discuss about the idea of the role of, soci- of science in society. So, a bit of life updates and housekeeping. Um, presently, I'm still on the verge of still completing some few games before I actually attempt to play Kingdom Hearts 3. Although I've seen some game, not seen some gameplay, I've watched my brother play the game itself until probably Tangled, Tangled World. Yeah, uh, the Kingdom of Corona, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, what else? Um, um, for the past few days, fast since the last episode was last week, for the past few days, I've been trying. I, I've finished successfully a campaign in Civ Six. I won cultural victory using Japan, in hopes that I get to practice the how would I say it, the ex not expansion, the base game before the expansion hits. Tomorrow, February 15, because I'm posting this on Valentine's Day, sadly. Um, yeah, February 15 for Civ 6, the DLC titled Gathering Storm. And I'm hyped about it because it's the only game that tackles real deep issues, somehow simulating it into a real environment, a pseudo real environment, you would, I would say. Why? It's the only game that... I mean, I haven't played any other games like um, Far Cry. I'm not so sure Far Cry tackled the idea of climate change. And yes, climate change. Because Civ 6, their new feature with the new DLC tackles um, carbon content, climate change, natural disasters. So you have volcanoes erupting, hurricanes passing by... Um, flooding in some canals and areas with rivers. What else? If you place yourself in a snowy area, um, of course, blizzards will happen. What else? If you place yourself in a desert, sandstorms will happen. Um, new natural wonders, including the chocolate hills from Bohol. What else? Nuclear power plants are available in the game, so they shaped instead of before you would say strategic resort. Um, the how would I say this? The the ah there, I remember now. The designation, uh, not designation. The different types there, the different types of resources you can have in the game in Civ Six and in the past Civ Five. I've played Civ Five as well. Is that it's always divided into luxury resources or strategic resources. Meaning strategic involves horses, oil, coal, um, uranium, steel, uh, aluminum. I'm, yeah, I think aluminum is also part. Compared to luxury resources, you have uh, pearls, incense, um, gold, silver, mercury... And all these other things. Now in Civ 6 Gathering Storm, the DLC this coming uh, for coming out tomorrow, it changes everything. Now it's divided into uh, I forgot the other name, but you still have the horses. I think it's still strategy strategic resources, horses, um, steel and other metal types and stuff. But on the other hand, they have power. 
they have a term for power you can now um fuel up or power up <laughs> i'm using the same word again i don't really like it power up your own building ah, not buildings your own civilization using factories power plants through like coal aluminum ah, not coal not aluminum coal oil uranium although later on in the game they have solar capacities and then they also have hydro hydrodynamic um innovations and stuff which makes the game even fun to look at what makes me really interested in the game what really caught me off guard when uh, not off guard i've been hearing this dlc since november and i've been looking forward to it not because uh, not just rather not just because of the natural disasters occurring so there's a certain frequency of how many storms or hurricanes or volcano eruptions that happen sadly there's no earthquakes there so that's the only um tidbit of natural disaster that they didn't take into account because again how would you map out but the best feature that i'm looking forward to is the climate change effect so every time you make a coal factory or a coal production you can initiate the carbon footprint count in the game meaning that sea levels will rise so whenever you settle your own civilization using a settler um into a certain area it will tell you if it's a lowland or highland oh, interesting so it will also tell you the amount of turns before it gets flooded what else um polar ice caps will also start melting so there's a percentage bar for how much percent the polar ice the polar regions will melt revealing new land in the process um sadly there's no medical effect meaning that if there's a polar because in the real world now that we're living in once you have some polar ice caps melting frozen bacteria and viruses in the ice age um they termed it as super virus no not super i think mega virus or something something to like some something to that extent they termed it with a super bug or a super virus super bacteria that no man has in- ever encountered yet it's now been released as each um, iceberg, you would say, has melted away, increasing again also the sea levels. Which really is interesting because I've wanted to play a Civ game wherein I'm not stumped by barbarians at every 10th turn or when I try to um, attack a certain city-state that starts spawning units in the fog of war. So makes makes the whole game actually interesting so that's what for this week that's i'm just basically hyping myself for it i haven't played the game since the weekend trying to mess around with um well i downloaded this um uh dlc not dlc i've downloaded this mod uh, jose rizal (laughs) representing the philippines and it's not that good um yeah not that good trying to find a way that i can actually maximize science because uh when i used to play civ 5 just a short bit um when i used to play civ 5 i usually spam korea because korea has the bonuses in science in civ 6 korea still has science 
but people keep telling me because a, a good friend of mine keeps telling me spam China and not Korea because China can sp- can rush science faster than Korea. It's like oh okay, I haven't I've yet to play it. Probably this weekend, since the DLC will drop tomorrow anyway. And if yeah, it's too late. By the way, it's about to promote sana na. You know that Civ Six is free to play from February 11th to 14th, and I realize if I'm going to post this, it's 14th already. So you only have a few hours of download then playing time. Sadly, what else am I hyped about? Um, just a bit of like my case. Probably also get the DLC. I don't know the yearly pack. The year, no, not year pack. Friends, I get. I'm, hmm, what's the term? Year pass. There, the year pass. Fourth year four pass. That's the right term for Rainbow Six Siege. I haven't been playing it since like for two months, three months from now. Uh, ago, not now, three months ago. Because I've been playing other games at the same time. Siege is a tough game to play if you're coming from this certain pause period. Because, again, in reflexes and all these other things you have to take into account. Because, again, the reason why I'm hyped also for Siege is that my team, Team Liquid, yeah, the Brazilians are have still managed to survive the, the World Tournament. I forgot its name. It's in, it's, it's in the tip of my tongue. But what else? Um, also, for every major tournament that Siege produces, they'll reveal a new set of operators. And this time, there's a leak that the new operators will be from Australia. So interesting, interesting. And then, according to them, um, the past season, Win Bastion focused on operators that deal with. Uh, Anti-drones. Oh, not anti-drones. Because the attack operator... uh, If you're not familiar with the game, by the way. The game revolves... It's uh, it's similar to Counter-Strike. But it differentiates it in a way that... One, you can break almost every surface. So every tactic that you make is... Has to be spot on. You have to make tactics on the fly. And two... And there's what they call the attacker and the defense. Ah, defense operators. Uh, what else? Attack, of course they attack. Defensive, of course, the defense. The the previous season, attack operators used to have um the the new attack operator has an ability that she shoots a certain, I, I for lack of a better term, dart into a wall. If someone passes by it, gets knocked back like a wind bastion. <laughs> you see the joke. Anyway, um, and then the defensive operator was like a combination of Jaeger and. Jaeger. No, it's not Jaeger. Blitz. No, not Blitz. No, I forgot their names. Bandit. Yeah, Bandit and someone else. Yeah, I forgot. But basically, the point, the meta of last season, uh, not last season, this season rather, is anti-drones. You just want... The defense operators now have a... Has a upgraded ability to take out drones because they found out that in the previous season of that Grim Sky wherein they released the the new the third hard breacher the newest hard breacher Maverick and uh, the, the the attack 
No, no, no. The defense operator who now has a shield. The first defense operator with a shield, with an electric shield. Clash. I think it's Clash. Anyway, I forgot the name. Both of them. Um, the one way to beat... Uh, not beat. They were considered really, really overpowered. Since Maverick just needs to send in one drone... Um, blow torches a hole makes a kill hole from that matter it makes it unfair so this time around they um, Ubisoft decided that for this season they, they introduced a new form of defense by eliminate by making um, not making for lack of a better term pressuring drones in a strategic manner so I'll be back I have a little short break because I've I've rambled a bit more than what I should have rambled. So for the news. So coming back from the awkward tra- ending transition, today I want to focus on this particular segment on the Philippines society. Uh, it's not that I'm playing favorites with my own country, and if you're a listener not from the Philippines. Um, I don't mean to offend you or say or say something that ah oh, I'm going to play favorites in this case. No, I want to highlight a specific set of circumstances that indicates what we are doing in the Philippines. Because if you're not from the Philippines, the famous stuff that you've been hearing around is either Manny Pacquiao winning another fight or we have got nice beaches or since the philippines won miss universe the philippine the filipina people not filipina people are the one of the most beautiful women around the world or in the universe for that matter um i want to highlight something that's been troubling me ever since last month actually so for this particular news that I got from ABS-CBN, um, it's a local channel, by the way. It's a local news channel. I, the headline goes, Philippines has brain power for a space agency, colon, DOST officials. Basically, the piece of news mentions that DOST, or the Department of Science and Technology within the Philippines, has been mentioning that the Philippines has brain power for space agency. And that's good news if you ask me. And if you ask me, this particular set of news is really, really uplifting. Because it proves to us that we're not just anymore a third world country. Because if you've noticed, some, um, some countries that seem like poor have space agencies. India has a space agency for some weird reason. I can't imagine myself actually saying that line. Because, no, I I don't mean offense on India that they're not capable of running a space agency. In fact, they are really, really capable. Because most CEOs, tech CEOs around the world are Indians. And then... Uh, a professor of mine who taught me a good chunk of polymer science was Indian and she beat 
some knowledge into my head and i really respect and understand the rigor of science and technology embedded within their culture but what i can't imagine excuse me what i can't imagine is that they we I'm, I apologize if I only know the surface level of the circumstances and the culture and society in India. But as far as I know, India has been struggling with poverty. To the point that making a space agency out of nowhere is really bizarre to me. Now, the Philippines... I want to focus on the Philippines here. The Philippines also aims to have a space agency which is it's okay it's a good thing but it's not needed soon well that's my point that's what i want to focus on this particular set of news because i'll highlight a certain line um eric paringit yeah sorry for saying it in another language it's supposed to be pronounced that way eric Paring, <coughs> excuse me eric paringit also the executive director of DOST, Philippine Council for Industry, Energy, and Emerging Technology Research and Development, or PISHERD, and some nickname of uh, some nickname of theirs, mentions in the article that there's over two thousand people capable of contributing towards the development of space technology and applications here in the Philippines. If you ask me, that's good news. Really, really good news. Because he, he just basically mentions that there are over 2,000 people. And then, hence the headline would be brain power for a space agency. The problem for me here, this is where I would insert my own thoughts of this particular set of news, is that why a space agency at this time? Honestly speaking, the Filipino people are very creative very innovative i have yet to see an upperclassman of mine an alumnus from ateneo specifically from the chemistry department who comes home back to the philippines with nothing gained usually the these upperclassmen of mine like sicuro five years and above come uh get out get their masters or even phds abroad they don't come back because they've Prove themselves to wherever they are really good. A particular example of an upperclassman of mine, a fellow alumnus, um, trying to remember his name, forget his name, but uh, him, he, as, uh, as far as I know, he's now in the Hemholt Center of Cancer Research in Germany. Um, he already finished his PhD studies. He's now taking another PhD in science communication. See? Because people liked him there. He doesn't want to go back in the Philippines. Who else? Um, another uh, uh, one year lower than him also went there in Germany. Cancer research as well. Part of the Max Planck Institute. See, I mean, what else? Um, there's another upperclassman who's now in the States um, working for DuPont, one of the biggest chemical fa- industries in America. And she doesn't want to go back in the Philippines because, again, people liked her there. I mean, the work ethic that they put out is really good. Now it makes you wonder... 
why am I saying these names of people and their achievements contrary to the point of the article? My point is this. Why do we need a space agency? And I'm not joking. It's good to have to... So it's good to have a space agency so we can actually train Filipinos to become astronauts and hopefully be part of NASA or create our own version of NASA. But the problem here is that why? <laughs> if you can't understand my pondering and my squeams about not understanding this piece of news because there's no sense of urgency. We can make one, but it's not needed. Why does some particular news outlets report as if, oh, it will turn, or it will be the turning point of the Philippine science society? Uh, although it's not existing, there's no such thing as a Philippine science society, but I mean, it will be the turning point of the science impact, scientific impact of the Philippines here in our country. Or not in our country, in our world, rather. But it's weird. Why is the head of Pichard fighting and urging, not urge, meaning a sense of um, urgency, meaning he wants to make a claim with a sense of time constraint with a space agency? We don't need that. Soon, what we need is science communication. I have yet to, f- I don't know, I, I, I'm really troubled with this. Siguro I'll, I'll discuss it even further in the next segment. But for this particular news, that's what I really wanted to highlight about this particular, in this segment of news and um, recent events. That, why do we need a space agency soon? When we have today some particular children who cannot understand the basic concept of a force, which is just a push or pull in basic grade 5 language. What else? There are some people who don't even understand the age of thir- at the age of 30 between voltage, current, and um, resistance. And yet, that guy is an IT head of a certain company. What else? We have distinguished lawyers in the country heading the public attorney's office defending those people with no lawyers in court. With no personal... With no personal... There's a right term for it. Um, With no personal... Um... No, because there's this law that everyone has a right to a lawyer. That is true. But if you cannot afford a lawyer, there, that's the right term. With, if you cannot afford, afford a lawyer, POW or the public attorney's office will come in and tell you and will help you out. But even the head of POW doesn't believe in vaccines. Crazy. So... It makes you wonder, why do we need a space agency? If basic stuff as a force 
or the difference between voltages, voltage, current, and resistance, and even the idea of vaccination cannot be comprehended even at what we call the adult level. Crazy. So to further our deepening, um, here's a little short break. Well, it's not really, it's just a few seconds anyway. So we can go to the fact and quotes segment. For the fact and quote of the day, uh, a particular fact I want to highlight is herd immunity. Herd immunity is a form of immunity that occurs when the vaccination of a significant portion of a population or herd provides a measure of protection for individuals who have not developed immunity. I took this particular fact simply because not a lot of Filipinos or I, I, I would dare say not a lot of people understand the concept of herd immunity now what happens that if there is a particular person or let's just say baby because babies are often the targets of vaccinations anyway there's a particular baby that is that develops a certain um, immune response or um, allergies to vaccinations you might say that oh this baby's doomed then but if you uh, a common solution to that um, problem is that if the baby is surrounded by adults who have taken the vaccine and stayed within that certain area only chances are the baby will grow and develop into maturity without having the need for vaccinations and eventually hoping that upon when he grows up into the adult form, the baby baby now turned into a man or a woman will have lessened the allergens towards this vaccination. Or if not, the, the person will just probably stay within his community for a period of time until like probably he or he dies, finds a, finds a significant other, graces another family, actually vaccinates them, making, making the possibility of his or her life that there was no need for vaccination because of herd immunity. Because these people around this particular person has been vaccinated, so the chances are, or the chances of um, certain preventable diseases such as measles, chickenpox, would actually be prevented. Or polio. Polio is also vaccinated. Even SARS, well, not SARS, rather um, HIV. But what what do people think? No, herd immunity is something um, different. It's more of groupthink whenever they hear the word herd immunity. That um, herd thinking is what Nietzsche would say. Wherein one, a certain group of people only believe in one certain person because he or she believes in this person to be the absolute pinnacle of truth which is different because again herd immunity is a concept used to tackle um, certain special cases wherein the baby if not if 
the vaccines do not work can uh yeah we're in the baby can actually grow into maturity without the need of vaccines if and only if the baby develops a certain uh, uh allergic response to it for the quote of the day here this is very very significant i take this particular quote from my graduation my first graduation of the first undergraduate degree that I had of in chemistry in the Ateneo de Manila University. This was taken in the 2015th year, in the year of 2015, in the year 2015 rather, in the science, uh, in the SOSE or School of Science and, Science and Engineering and the School of Social Sciences, the graduation. The graduation speaker at that time was Maria Ressa. And if you know the news today in the Philippines, and yet, and not just within the Philippines, because this particular news is global, because Maria Ressa was able to deliver news in a global scale right before she created Rappler. So she's well-known too. Also, if I'm not mistaken, she was also the face of time. She was featured in the Time magazine, I think last year or the previous year. I'm not, I'm not so sure anymore. But here goes the quote that she said in my graduation. Power does corrupt. And the, very, and the way we hold it accountable is to shine the light. We need to see the way things really work. The corrupted values to make wrong seem right. Dot, dot, dot. Ellipses. But... Not but She continues with this statement This this particular statement that I really like Do not accept the world you see today This hit me particularly And reminded me when I read it again When the president of the Ateneo de Manila University Father Jet Villarin Mentioned that Do not accept the world you see today In regards to the current case wherein Maria Ressa was arrested for some trivial matter. Again, this administration within the Philippines today is very, very, um, for lack of a better word at the moment, sketchy or very suspicious because they act, they act very, very fast to silence the critics against them and i think and i took this particular quote not to tackle with politics although we'll be tackling a bit of politics it's more of a tangent to politics but particularly in science because i cannot accept the world i see today wherein most people do not even understand as what i mentioned earlier do not understand the concept of force their brains freeze at when you say the words uh um, epistaxis for that matter nosebleed that's the scientific word for nosebleed or when you put math math is also another problem math to most actually in the Philippines math is okay where it's just numbers but because people just rely on the calculator anyway but when you add num letters and symbols that's where in their minds go blank and that's the sad reality
So after that short period of silence, just before the interlude, um, I want you, this listener, to actually think of what is the role of science in society and why I also named this episode as Science the Unsung Hero. Here's the current situation within the Philippines. If you think that the United States has mentioned that, oh, we've got Trump who doesn't believe in climate change, we've got some people, some fanatical religious people in the United States that do not believe in vaccines, and there is a growing number of population in the United States as well who believe that Earth is flat, the Philippines, on the other hand, would say in the meme, Hold my beer. I'll do you better. Here in the Philippines, um, there are several cases that I want to um, highlight that clearly illustrates the current situation we have with regards to science. The number one, this is very common. The anti-intellectualism brought to you by your own friends. When you're trying to explain a certain phenomena or a particular process, engineering process or computer process, to a group of friends who, I would say, ask the question. Let's just say, for example, um, you, in a particular group of friends, just met up with them on a hot day and then suddenly they go they mention with a sudden in, um, interjection called not called with a sudden interjection stating that ang init ngayon oh it's very hot in English you will try to explain that oh perhaps you as the, the kind guy would try to explain that maybe it's due to global warming a global yeah, global warming or climate change or um, there's no much there's not much clouds to block the intensity of the sunlight ozone layers depleting or these kinds of things and the only response you get from them is that ay nagmamarunong ka na lang or ang talino mo di namin kailangan yan or something or in English for the non-Filipino people Oh, we don't need you to tell us what it is or something. Basically, it's an attack on being smart. That's what I don't understand. In the Philippines, you are easily you easily gain friends when you're funny. But when you are smart, you pose a threat on other people by simply just staying inside the room or staying within a particular area. And I don't understand that. What's wrong? What's so wrong? And trying to understand how the world works. And when you've got a chance to explain or at least try to test what you've learned by trying to explain to a particular person and the only reply you get is, Huh? That's it? Or, we don't need you to explain it to us. What? That's what I don't understand. That's number one, anti-intellectualism. Number two, in the Philippines, we believe more of myths or storytelling. You might, under, or you might wonder, how? 
take this case for example it's so easy whenever you go back home within the Philippines and meet your titos and titas to hear about gossips from their friends from your family or even about your own girlfriend or significant other for that matter not girlfriend girlfriend or boyfriend and that's what I don't understand it's so easy for them to ask oh we now white example let's just say you have you suddenly broke up with your significant other because of some matters you couldn't understand with him or her and then when your family hears it of course your immediate family your parents will just understand but here comes your tita and tito will say ay sayang naman ang guapo or guapa nun or in English what a waste that girl or boy was handsome or pretty what it makes you wonder what that's that's what all you care about and then what else if on the other hand if you try to explain to them what science part what what a, what a particular scientific principle is they'll just snob you and then whenever they learn about something that's pseudoscience or fake science they, they talk as if they're they know everything Typical example, Kanjen water. I'm not so sure if the listener or you, the listener, has heard of a um, particular product called Kanjen water. I heard it first from a good friend of mine who usually over go to his place to, for overnights. And then when we heard it, when I heard it first from his mom, from his mother, that just me. His name, my fr- good friend, is named Jr. Jr. Pakigamit naman yung kanjan water natin. In, mag-init ka ng tubig. Gamitin na yung device. Or in English, JR, uh, please use the kanjan water device. Um, heat up the water or just use the device, whatever. At first, I was wondering, what, what is kanjan water? Apparently, according to his mom, that kanjan water has um, lithium ions in it. Or it has lots of ion stuff. It helps you beat cancer. It gives you a revitalized body. It prevents you from having diseases. Really, really questionable. Fortunately, JR, my good friend, has a manual. I checked on it. I read it online. It's fake. Tangent water doesn't provide quote-unquote ions that help in the body's resistance against germs what it does it just basically distills water meaning whatever water source you have whether dirty or not it'll just evaporate it and then condense it later on basically distillation now here's the problem kanjen water a unit of it or a device of it costs 100,000 pesos. Imagine that. It makes you wonder. Oh, it's not lithium ions. The specific term is alkaline water. Really, really dubious. Makes you wonder, don't these guys actually learn how to how to read between the lines? Man, sad. Third point, political blockage. 
I will go back to the anti-vaccination issue. There's a specific vaccine called Dengvaxia. It's not only in the Philippines, but in the Philippines, we made big news of it. Stating, uh, not stating, big news of it. The public attorney's office, or what I mentioned earlier, the PAO, the head of the PAO, was super anti-Dengvaxia because she believes it was the source of um, autism. Basically, what basically what most anti-vaxxers in the United States claim that vaccination causes autism, which is stupid. There's no link to it at all. There is no scientific claim. And if you're going to say it's beyond science, then what 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 measurement would you use? It's weird. Continuing. There was clear political blockage towards the Department of Health's promotion of vaccination. Because of that fact and because of the media sensationalism, there is now a current case in Metro Manila of having measles outbreak. In fact, I also got measles last November because of that particular stubbornness of the Filipino people to not vaccinate their children. Crazy. Crazy. That's another thing. Fourth part, myth versus facts. This is where I don't understand. The Filipinos love, again, as I mentioned, Filipinos love storytelling. In fact, they love it when it's hyperbolic, meaning when it's exaggerated to the point that it becomes fantasy. Now, this is one particular issue I want to address, especially that I'm en- in the future, I'm going to enter this energy sector. The particular case of the Philippine source of deuterium. There is no present real evidence of deuterium within our country. Okay. I have to make that clear. There is no present real evidence of deuterium within our country. If there was, it's not published. No one has mentioned it. So technically, it's ineffective and it's not appropriate. But there is this weird, weird time every year that the Philipp- that some people would usually use it as a form of you know, we're gonna be saved in 2021 when deuterium will make the Philippines richer. Now, before I go into further details, let me explain how deuterium it works. Deuterium is an isotope of he, uh, no, hydrogen. If I'm not mistaken, deuterium. Yeah, yes, 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 deuterium. Now, currently, there are now studies that deuterium... Can, is a clean alternative to um, to nuclear power plants. Why? There are two types of um, nuclear power. Either nuclear fission, meaning the splitting of atoms, or the nuclear fusion, or the fusion of atoms. Now, the typical nuclear power plant we now know of today is significantly Chernobyl, especially that meltdown nuclear fallout there in russia or somewhere there within the that area nuclear f- 
fission happens. When they launched the atomic bomb, it was also a prime example of nuclear fission, wherein they split the uranium atom, uranium isotope to be exact, and then split it. The energy was very destructive. And aside from that, it also releases gamma radiation, if I'm not mistaken. So which makes the the current conditions around it to be very to mutate as well. Plants, animals, whatever wildlife is around the area. Now on the other hand, nuclear fusion is when you fuse two atoms. A typical example of that is the production of deuterium, because when you two when you fuse two hydrogen together, bump and bump, they don't they of course they hydrogen gas, but there might be chances wherein you form the um the I'm not so sure if it's stable, the isotope deuterium. And in the process you create energy as well. So that's how deuterium can be used as uh, that's a basically rough and simple illustration of how deuterium works. If you want to know more about it, you can contact me. Uh, I'll give you links towards some papers that I've read about deuterium. Going back to the present matter about deuterium, the myth of deuterium in the Philippines. Apparently, there was news of this deuterium since the 1980s. In fact, my dad, my father, was able to tell me that that particular news was happened when he was still in college during martial law. But other than that, nothing happened. And now, this is what I want to point out. Now, there's this particular religious group in Mindanao who believes that deuterium is real. And if it's not real, uses this form of fantasy into a money-making scheme. Mentioning that God gave us deuterium for us to be blessed. And in doing so, you need to pay a membership fee to them so you can access details and help contribute to the deuterium project in 2021. Stupid, if you ask me. Very, very stupid. Given all these four different cases that I mentioned, really presents to you a very clear fact that the Philippines... The current situation here in the Philippines, especially in the sciences, is very problematic. Makes you it 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 it, it doesn't make you wonder what happened, but rather it makes you realize how incompetent as a whole we are in terms of science. And this is where I insert. Now, why would the head of Pichard want? Urgently, a space agency. When in the fact, when when in fact, you have some issues at hand, like these four cases, who present to us that maybe we don't even understand the basic concepts. How much more about space? And that's troublesome. He's just creating a bigger hole for himself. If you ask me, personally, I mean. Yes, we can create our own space agency. But if we cannot fix the problem of the politicians in their heads, who who actually are fundamental to the uh, to the access of science within our country, then there's no hope of a space agency. It's just only in name and in paper. Because, whoa, a typical example of that. What if there are some 
um, materials needed for creating your own um, space rockets or space satellites like the Diwata one that need particular um, controlled substances. What will they do if PNP will confiscate them? And unfortunately, if knock on wood, use it as a case. Oh, they're dealing with drugs or something. They're making marijuana. Come on, man. That that's stupid. Again, it's digging their own grave. And that that's the sad part of this current situation. I I want to take a pause now, for you to as a listener to. To not reflect not only within the Philippines that exist, but also within the United States or whatever country you are from, that there is an alarming sense of anti-science. Those people who believe in just whatever they see, whatever they perceive, and for them to actually understand how science works, it has to be in the form of magic, in a form of amazement, in a form of... Um, a certain phenomena similar to the burning bush depicted within the Bible that you must be gazed and be curious of it. In this particular segment, I want to focus on the quest for a cure. That perhaps there might be a solution to this seemingly alarming situation we have in our country. Or, I dare say, the world. Now, we have to understand the root cause of these certain situations. I was able to write a essay. It's quite long. I think 14 minutes if you read it. In medium. So you can look it up on medium.com slash forward slash at Sleepy Chemist and then find the essay I wrote there. Mm. It, in that particular essay, I detailed why there is a problem of science communication in the current case here in the Philippines. And then I haven't elaborated much because I, I found it. It was quite long and it was it took two days for me to write actually that quite long and I think I might be overwording stuff there so in this I would like to explore it further in this um, segment now what I want to point out is that there's still hope there's still hope for this alarming case it's not all it's not we're all dead or something but there has to be a way. One, the, how would I say this? The root problem, well, here in the Philippines, I identified it actually. It's also in the essay that here in the Philippines, people rely on interpersonal influence. What does that mean? It basically means that whatever your mom, your dad, your auntie, your uncle, your tito, your tita, your friends, your school president, your boss, your senior workmate says it's true. And you and for you 
to gauge that certain sense of truth, it's a gauge not on scientific um, accuracy, but on the level of trust you give into them. Have you ever wondered why that in the Filipino culture and Filipino setting that we normally learn things, talk to different people when there is food around or as you grow older when you have inumans or drink out sessions just to talk about your personal life because that's their way of gaining trust. That's your way of fostering a sense of trust. When you were little, actually these things is fully explained in the essay, by the way. Sorry for shamelessly plugging for a couple of times. But if you want to know more about it, just read the essay. But I'll just take some snippets here. When you were little, you've always wondered why there's this um, Filipinos normally eat together at the dining table. So they'd really wait for everyone within the family to eat together. Because they always say that there's this slogan, I think, from Lucky Me, a local brand of Pancit Canton or some noodles, egg noodles from another country. It mentions that um, the family that eats together stays together. So given that when, given that sensational piece of media, commercial actually, in back then, it's 10 years 12 years ago or something so there is now a generation of children who grow and foster the sense of trust within their parents if they eat together now why is this problematic it's not problematic in nature it's just the way we were built around this transforms now when as you grow older probably in your adolescence years there's a weird concept in the Philippines. When it's your birthday, you're supposed to treat other people. Or whenever you have a promotion or a certain life event, you're supposed to treat other people. I don't get it. And it's not the perfect time to explain or deepen about it. But uh, I would say this was a way of making people trust in you why again there's food because you're treating them uh, or in the filipino word naglibreka sa kanila so it makes you wonder that where does the problem fall in again it's not just there I'll present your third case as you grow even older into the adult form Normal hangout sessions, playing games with each other, or chikahan sessions if you're, uh, if you're also into it, become inuma nights, or you just want to release all your stress from work by on a Friday night or a Saturday night, talk with friends over in a bar, drink alcohol and stuff like that. And ironically. It's the only time that you grow a sense of trust because you don't go to these places alone or if ever if ever that floats your boat bo- uh, excuse me if ever that floats your boat it's okay but normally in the Filipino setting they don't do that unless they're with a trusted group of friends Now here's the catch 
Whenever you trust people, here in the Philippines, trusting is equivalent to truth. The more trust you put in a person, the more chances you believe that person to be a promoter of truth. Now what happens if this person who you trust, who you really, really trust, tells you that vaccines are not real, they're the work of the devil, would you believe in it? Perhaps to the Filipino people, they would. If you're, if you've, if you've developed a sense of um, a doubting culture, like in the sciences, you won't fall for it easily. And that's the problem. We need to understand that the root causes of most of our problems within science communication and science education, actually, is the level of trust. I mean, normally, to combat... Normally, whenever you have a scientific problem, it requires scientific solutions. But in this particular case, it needs a solution outside the realms of science. It needs to cross the boundaries of culture and society as well. Now, we need to understand that the problem of science is not just within science. It's not the the lack of learning science but we need to understand that it's a multifaceted and multidisciplinary problem that we cannot fix this problem without addressing the issues within politics within cultural within the cultural setting within the societal perception of values within the idea of trust within families it's hard the the, the sense that It's not over, there's still hope, but the quest for this certain cure of this anti-vax problem, anti-vax virus, I would say, not even anti-vax, flat earthers and even climate change, is that you need to be trusting, you need to be, you need to be convincible, sadly. Earlier today, I was able to watch a video from Hank Green. If you don't know him, he's the guy behind SciShow, the the popular YouTube channel who does crash courses within science, so particularly chem, physics, biology, um, all these other branches of science. And they're still expanding to like material science and then crystallography and all these other things. Hank Green was able to point out a particular... um, video of I forgot the show of an American popular somewhat debate show mentioning that um, the production of I mean about climate change that the head of the manufacturing industry in America one of its popular key figures mentions that uh, not mentions she argues very well that the problem of climate change is not that urgent and it has boiled down to becoming hysterical. If you want to know the link, please feel con- uh, feel free to contact me about it. Send me, a, drop me a message, whatever. Because, I, I, yeah, because I can't. I forgot the link to it, and I, I forgot to. I, I'm I'm not sure if I can be able to tag you within the comment. I mean, the description part of this podcast. But anyway. The takeaway of that video earlier I watched is that sometimes you don't need to be truthful. You don't need 
to understand science to be deemed credible. All you need is to be very good with words and have a convincing tone and ultimately be relatable with the people. In the case in the Philippines, food is everything, sadly. There is a re- this weird reason that every time a politician campaigns, he always brings food around him or her to the, the masses itself. Because in the Philippines, even though if we're actually growing, if we're in a growing economic, if we have a growing economy and growing industry, we still have this weird mindset that we're still poor, and it amplifies really, really further in the in the poorest of the poor people. Now, if here comes this particular person, well. Th- to, to this to these people they're handsome or beautiful and they're actually giving food to them or money in this case then they will have no reason not to doubt uh, no reason to doubt them why, why is there a need it makes you wonder that perhaps in the Philippines, we're actually back to the ancient Greek kind of thought. We're in to cease to believe um, whatever they experience must be true, which doesn't work in today's postmodern society. That there has to be something that breaks apart, that we, can, we have to deconstruct the, the reality we live in. That there is this tension that things exist not because of the true meaning of what it represents. And that's why you have certain movements as the LGBT, the women's rights movement, the third world movement, all these other kinds of philosophical thought emerging because they try to make sense of the tension happening. That nothing is perfect. Because if it is perfect, then why is there suffering? Again, I'm already drawing a bit more of the politics, uh, politics, philosophical perspectives. But I want to focus on that this quest for a cure will be really hard, will be really tough. That despite despite education being the answer to our problem within science... And we can foster it through a sense of science communication, especially within YouTube and other forms of social media. It's still a daunting task. It's still hard. And so after this certain quest for a cure, we have to realize and make sense of the certain tension of what we have now and what we should be planning for the future with the fact that relationships are power. It it still will, I mean, perhaps it might be different abroad, outside the Philippines. But within the Philippines, that is unique to our society is that 
we have to understand that the collective thought should be addressed that if we want to change the way we look at our country you know, especially in the realm of science and yeah in the realm of science we need to understand it that we can't attack it just from um science inability or science um science deficient you can't beat the same problem when the problem itself has different forms that changes and morphs every time you deplete a life bar we need to also understand that here in the philippines food is life eating together with a particular person or a group of people is a certain form of trust you, that's why that's why if a kid doesn't like his, his or her parents she doesn't want to eat at the dinner table with them wants to be alone and stuff like that maybe perhaps it transcends into other forms that you don't like this person so you won't go to this birthday party or treat you don't want to go to this event and what's common in the philippines is that every event there's always food food is life perhaps we need to understand too that to to make sense of this alarming situation that family and friends should be valued higher but not above uh, not above not above science when it comes to science matters yes because no matter how trusting they may be how well they treat you if they tell you that one plus one equals a window or one plus one equals four or one plus one equals Magellan for some weird reason and they tell you it's true you shouldn't believe in them because the education is there for a reason you're not going to school because it again it was seem it was made required to go to school because everybody goes to school but the essence of going to school has now been forgotten that's why kids today would just believe in whatever random stuff that their friends throw at them crazy we also need to understand that a societal issue is equivalent to a scientific issue that perhaps a societal problem is not caused uh, is not just caused by individual actions by significant people but also a bit of science sprinkled on top of it as well i'll give you a good example in the philippines deforestation has been a major problem since the time i was born the 1990s 1994 to be exact and now we have certain cases where in sm a particular famous huge mall in the country is able to cut down a certain area of trees in baguio to create a new mall again deforestation it's still still part of science what else the idea that 
here in the country, um, multiple condos have been built. I'm not sure with other provinces, but most famous here in Manila and in Cebu. And it makes you wonder that whenever there's like a natural calamity, like an earthquake or a typhoon, the natural, no, excuse me, the damages caused by this natural disaster amounts to 1 billion amount of um, 1 billion pesos or even more what in reality proper urban planning proper housing codes could have been reinforced to prevent this problem but no we choose to wait for this tragedy to happen as if we were still living the time of the israelites and the Egyptians during the plagues sent by God himself as depicted within the Bible. Maybe perhaps we need to understand that to foster relationships requires a sense of truth, um, truth spreading or becoming evangelists of science as well. That you meet this new friend you meet this new person you're new at work and then if someone tries to befriend you you do not compromise your own set of truths your own set of values just to be one of them or just to be part of the in-group no it doesn't have to be that way the more chances you do it the more chances you would actually believe in lies you might actually even believe in the deuterium project in 2020 we're in the according to them 2020 lord duterte according to them would be the salvation of us all that maybe perhaps that we must not actually foul mouth our classmates or friends whenever they try to explain a scientific method and engage with them engage into the sense that ask questions ask real deep questions because most of the time Filipinos do not ask questions unlike other societies abroad especially in the western audiences because they have this certain sense of collective thought side note I was watching Bunny Girl Senpai, the anime, with my brother the other day. And it made me realize that it, it, it's actually prominent within Eastern cultures to be one with the crowd, to be one with the collective thought. Perhaps that's the reason why Chinese, even though if they don't like their government, still believe in the Communist Party. I, I don't know. Honestly speaking, as part as a member of the Asian countries who believe in this collective thought, it it troubles me and it fosters a sense of tension in the way of understanding that I know there's it's wrong, but I know uh, there's there's a limit to things that I cannot just simply believe in what the collective thought says if the thought itself is wrong. At the same time, I cannot be too outspoken because it offends people. 
that you become boisterous and too loud and too proud of everything you've been saying basically what other colonizers in the past have been doing to us natives in the in the past as well perhaps we need to understand too that the role of politics is really really big so if you if you're in if you're a filipino you need to vote in this coming election you need to realize that a no, a no vote or the willful non-action of voting or non-action of the right of voting right to vote rather can mean dire consequences I mean it what we do is insignificant to the large majority but Every little action we do counts. It fosters a sense of a, a fosters a sense of habit, a fosters a sense of mastery over what we understand and what we believe in and what we choose on what values we choose to embody. I apologize if if you're stuck thinking about these deep random thoughts but maybe it's time to be more vigilant. I would say not to full action but to full vigilance. Cuz in today's time too much action can lead to unnecessary consequences. and too much peacemaking or simply just living in the moment doesn't equate to to progress so the takeaway for this podcast is hopefully you need to believe that science has always been the unsung hero Science has always been there, whether whatever way we make it make make of it, whether we believe in a deity or not, whether we believe in our political leader or not, whether we believe in a societal culture and customs or not. That he's always been there. And we need to understand that failure to recognize the implications of science will do much more harm than trying to understand no matter how stupid you are or quote-unquote how dumb you are. Because in the end, we're all just dumb and stupid in the eyes of the world we live in. And that's what should be our motivation into actually spending time doing math equations. Hopefully that we'd understand that um, the, the flow of the stock market can be simple uh, can be simply equated to a mathematical equation using calculus. That perhaps the the flow of water can be depicted by a series of divergence equations. That it speeds up in the middle and it slows down at the side. 
within the tube, for that matter. Piping is a big issue in the country. That perhaps amidst cultural values of resilience, especially with us in the Filipinos, that it has been a long problem of poor urban planning and failure to recognize that there are some danger zones established by science. Why do we li- why is there a major calamity? Because people still live by the sea when there's cases of tsunamis happening there. When there has been a history of cases. When there has also been a history of people living nearby fault zones. It can be avoided, but we fail to recognize the truth from fiction. Anyway, if you have any comments, questions, especially in the links that I've mentioned earlier in this podcast, if you have any angry reactions that you're wrong, please inform me. You can drop me a message by going to, uh, with my email, enricojesuspalma at gmail.com or you can follow me at twit in Twitter in twitter.com slash at the sleepy guy it's da sleepy guy so and hopefully you can communicate me with me there and perhaps you could be my future guest as well if ever i will actually do guesting about deep thoughts and issues about anything under the sun if you're wondering next week I'll be tackling a philosophical thought that has been bugging me as well in this today's current generation. And hopefully, you will have a nice day.